0: Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a
1: brand. Allen Houston. Lord. Once the neck, always the neck. Ladies and gents, you are listening to Nick, Yes, you got your boys, Mo Noppy here. It is May 21st, 2021, two days away from the first Knicks playoff game in eight years. Uh, fuck, man, this feeling is unprecedented. I was just a kid the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs, um, and I feel like a kid again. Um, I'm really <laughs> excited, man. How you feeling, man? End of the day like a Friday. kid at
0: heart? Is that, is that what you're going for, feeling like a kid at heart? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I mean... That's basically what it is. It's a fucking... We're recording this Friday after work, so the weekend vibes are hitting officially. This is, like, the peak joy. I don't think I'm ever as happy as I am when, like, that clock hit 5 o'clock on a Friday. You know what I mean? Mm. And to combine that with the knowledge that, oh, shit, our Knicks got a playoff game this Sunday. Mm -hmm. Bro, like, we popped our playoff game preview charity right now because, like, we've never recorded a podcast previewing a Knicks playoff matchup and game. So, I mean... Let's just get into it, bro. Um, first off, do we want to start with our, our respective uh, predictions about how the series will go, or do you want to save that for the end? We'll save that for the end. All right, all right. I see yeah. you playing the content mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, bro. We, we got we to gotta build this shit up, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so first playoff game in eight years. Your boy will be at the game. Fortunately, Nafi will not be able to make it. But if you see, if you see me, I will be wearing the Nickish hat. Uh, come through and say what's up. And I don't, I don't even know where to start, man. Like right now, we're seeing all these finalists for the awards. Um, and we got three guys in the Knicks organization so far who are finalists for the awards. We got Tibbs finalist for Coach of the Year. Uh, we got D Rose finalist for Sixth Man of the Year, and we got your boy. You got we got our boy Julius Randle finalist for Most Improved Player, and pretty much he's he's gonna be the runaway guy. Um, the interesting Easily. thing with six, the interesting thing with the Six Man of the Year is we got two Jazz players with 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 Rose. We got uh, what's his name, Jordan Clarkson, and uh, I think Joe Ingles is the other guy. Is D Rose gonna run away with this or not?
0: I think it's gonna be Clarkson. I feel like Clarkson's mm-hmm. been killing it, but like. This is a completely off-tangent kind of note, though. And I saw, like, some other basketball ready make it, but it's a completely fair point, and I never thought about it like this, because it happened last year. The Clippers had two six-man-of-the-year contenders. If you think about it, literally the name six-man. You can't have two six-man on a team. One of them is the seventh. <laughs> I saw a basketball writer yeah, make th- that point. I'm just <laughs> like, why why, why is Joe, Joe Inglis up there? Joe Inglis or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Like, but... At that point, like, you know. That funny the funny thing there. is
1: that, like, n- yeah, no one really made a big deal of it last year. Everyone was just, like, kind of just eyeing it. It was just, like, you know, why is Lou there and and Montrez Harrell there? And they're just like, all right, you know, whatever. They're both great guys off the bench, and I guess they're just calling a right, right. sixth man of the year. But I guess because it's the Jazz, like, everyone's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the funniest part of this season. It's just like... The Jazz, by all accounts, objectively, have an amazing season. I don't know how we got into Jazz talking about the Knicks, but yeah, right. Just to touch on the Jazz real quick, <laughs> they've had an objectively great season. It's just funny as shit—the kind of disrespect they've been getting on every turn. It's just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. no matter what they do, they will get clowned. and rightfully so. Just given the fact that you know, they don't—they don't really do anything in the playoffs, and they don't have like the benefit of like having a, a Giannis level player where you got to give them that kind of respect. They almost still have to earn it, and I mean. I think Rudy Gobert is going to win the defensive player of the year. I know we're talking six-man, but to round back, I think Clarkson wins it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, d Rose had an amazing year. I feel like if we had him all season, I think he might have won it, though. You know what I mean? Because I feel like they're holding, or the voters will hold, the, that Detroit tenure against him. Yeah. But, I mean, and like you said, most improved is easy, easily Julius. And, you know, I see some, like... I saw. I don't know what writer it was. It was some little-known guy that writes writes for like Forbes. Yeah, like some I know what you're talking dude. about. Uh huh. He said he's just like, oh, Randall had a good season, but it has to be Jeremy Grant. I was like, what? What? He was just like, yeah, Jeremy Grant has improved <laughs> his game, but Randall, you know, it's just really not hasn't really improved. Randall completely changed his game, bro. Like we've covered it ad nauseum. He went from a play finisher and a post-up guy to literally a point forward that's perimeter-oriented with a money. Jump shot from three now, that never <sighs> happens, bro. That like the sense I just said that looks like people compared to <laughs> yeah, the Oladipo like metamorphosis in 2017 nah. where he kind of just took off. I feel like Oladipo just like was doing the same shit he was doing for the last four years prior that season, but he did it better. You know what I mean? Julius mm-hmm. is like completely different, bro. He's out here looking like mellow on some possessions, other possessions he's looking like a, a less Draymond, a, yeah, Draymond or like you know a more kind of I'm not meaning it derogatory, but he looks like more like a clumsy LeBron. I don't mean mm. that like in a negative way. It's just like it's not the prettiest drives, but he'll get the passes there. He'll will read the double <laughs> team. He just won't look as pretty or like coordinated, and that's cool. That's the you know you know how they say styles make fights. That's that's Julius's style, and, and he's about to you know get all NBA from it. But yeah, that that writer was retarded because Jeremy. I mean, I just said the bad R word. My apologies, bro. I mean, <laughs> We we could bleed that out, but
1: all good. It yeah, yeah, you apologize. <laughs> um, it's okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, and, but the whole point is, it's like Jeremy Grant. He didn't do anything except just like go to a shitty team and just get more shots up. You know what I mean? Like, I guess that's cool. I feel like any other year, he probably would win Most Improved Player. But it's just clear cut, Julius, right now. There's no way you can't literally shit on us all off season. Not this one sports writer, but just everybody in general. Just the, the whole commentary world in general. You can't shit on the Knicks for being trash all off season. And then not give guys like Randall their due respect when they completely blow away those expectations. That's mm-hmm. my rant on that. You know what I mean? Like, was well, that was that the, you got, was you that got the guy? same
1: guy who said that Julius Randle didn't like he? We, everyone expected him to be good, and that's why this season, since he was already good, you know, "quote unquote" good, he doesn't deserve the award. And then everybody in Nick's Twitter are posting all his numbers and how it changed, and literally points, assists, rebounds, uh, assist, uh. uh Three-point percentage, field goal percentage, everything, every statistical like number you can think of, he's gone up at. And net rating went up like eight points. It's, it's exactly. crazy. I and saw that
0: tweet. That's a separate separate guy, I think, because like the guy I'm thinking about was like a couple weeks back before like the uh, nominees were announced. But like I know what you're talking about. I saw that bullshit today. It's just like, I don't know, bro. There's it, a whole <laughs> yeah, right. there's a whole other side of basketball Twitter that's just like pseudo intellectuals. Like they think they're fake deep, but they're actually like. Not the exact, you know, they're the exact opposite. I'm gonna just leave it at that. I was about to use the R word again. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) 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 Can't have it twice.
1: (laughs) Oh man. Uh, That was not for you guys. Just uh, (laughs) letting y'all know. Um... I I apologize. (laughs) That was my bad. Hand up. I'll take the fall. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, most improved player, and it's it's still shocking that that the Knicks are still going to make the playoffs despite us actually living through it and talking about it day to day. Um, what a, what a season, man! And the fact that Julius Randle has become that player that we've been looking for for seasons. I forget where I was going with this. Um, I actually wanted to talk about Coach of the Year for a sec. Uh, Thibodeau, is mm. it? No, no, no. My bad. I want to talk about All NBA because you said that Julius Randle is a shoe in for All NBA. Unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I want to say that, but I I think think the other guys that are in consideration, uh, you know, three teams. I think there are four guys. There are there's there's Paul George, there's uh, Randle, there's LeBron, and there's Zion. So, you know, Zion obviously had an amazing season crazy historic percentages and lebron is lebron and that's the thing with lebron being lebron james the one of the most iconic players of all time uh second greatest player if he wins a chip this season he could be he could go down as the greatest player of all time does lebron deserve an all nba position just simply off that fact that he's lebron james even though he didn't play all those games
0: i would give him just the all nba 13 though just out of respect you know what i mean right you know what I mean? Like you got to be objective about it. When he was on the court, you, there's no way you can't tell me he's not one of the top 15 players. But I get what you mean, though. He missed a lot of games. Most mm-hmm. of the players would get penalized for that, but it's he's not LeBron most of the James. players. Yeah.
1: You saw you saw that shot right against the Warriors. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed the game, but I saw.
0: I, obviously, it was all over fucking social media. Like, right. So at man. this point,
1: <laughs> so at this point, you're basically agreeing with me that Zion should not get the position over Julius. Even though did have an amazing season in his in his second season.
0: Well, what spot are we talking? What do you think
1: Julius is All NBA second team or third? Hmm. I think if I don't think LeBron should be higher than Julius, I think Julius should be second.
0: Yeah, I mean it sounds blasphemous, but like I I think you know what? I, I, let me take back the sentence I just started. I think they Julius. Most likely will probably be all NBA third team with LeBron, so they will be the two forwards. You know what, mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm trying to find a, like a like a list I was looking at of like the possible candidates, but the center on that third team. I mean, Gobert. You know what I mean? I know I don't really like Gobert. I I think he's a swaggerless chump and a whiny baby, but <laughs> he's out of respect. You got to put him there for like the level of play that he consistently brings on the defensive end and like. Statistically speaking, literally, anytime he steps on the court, Utah is a much better player. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not one of those sure. people that thinks he's their alpha over Donovan, but I do think he's literally just like, not not in the traditional sense, but he's a he's like their one A or one B, really. You know, think about it. Not in the traditional sense that we talk talk about like that. Like, oh, he's he's a second scorer or the first best scorer. It's is what he brings defensively. You know what I mean, like the same way we like talk about Mitch. That's how Rudy is for Utah. So I think that's. That's your all NBA 13 front court. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Gobert, mm. LeBron, I mean, Julius. All right. Where would you put Kevin Durant? Oh, that's interesting. Or does I Kevin Durant not deserve a role, even though he is Kevin Durant? He's only played, I think, like 20 games.
0: Is it really that low?
1: Mm hmm. There's only been, uh, well, actually, no, I lied. Um,. From what I see, he's only played 21 of the Nets' first 53 games. What, what was his article made? Oh, it's article's old. My bad. Um, so he probably played closer to 30 games, like half the season.
0: I got to say, then, I mean, I don't think he'd put him on all NBA with all the missed games he had. And I, I mean, I was I was about to say that. I don't think he'd be even be mad, but, like, kd be censored about all sh- sorts of shit. So, <coughs> yeah, he played 32 games out of 72. Yeah, I mean, that's not even half. You know what I mean? In a shortened season. Um, ah, I don't know, bro. How about we put him? Yeah. You, know, you know what? Julius is all NBA second team. We're in the next podcast. Let's be homers for a second. We four seed. We, we got a playoff game. <laughs> Let's put the injured superstars on all NBA third team with a swaggerless Rudy Gobert. Boom. That's the front court. KD, LeBron, and Rudy anchor that third team.
1: fuck it um yeah as I'm reading through these articles I'm looking at people's prediction for the all rookie first team and when you got LaMelo and Anthony Edwards I don't know if uh, our guy our, I mean I mean, if, unless they put Anthony Edwards at like the three or something he might get second but I have a feeling that IQ is not going to be on this list for some no, reason no that's the thing
0: though the the, the all rookie teams they don't go by positional designations you can just put the five mm, best rookies you're right yeah, you're right so see, he might IQ's on there he, easy peasy okay
1: yeah, he'll at least be on the second. All right, I, f- I fucking finally found this article. I was, I was uh, trying to think
0: about it at the time. Um, yeah, honestly, looking at these names, bro, and just like recalling like what I've seen so far the season, and just like obviously being somebody that follows the NBA, I think KD's not making All NBA just strictly off of injury. If he obviously played more games, he'd be on there, but definitely not because you got to think about the mm-hmm. kind of season that uh. Kawhi had, Paul George had, um, Jimmy too. You know what I mean, Jimmy's missed some games, but he's also played much more, I think, right? Like, I, I, yeah, okay, I got to take KD out. You know what I mean? So I think Julius, I think he could comfortably I think it's likely he makes a second team, if you think about it.
1: It's going to be tough, because there are guys that are interchangeable between guard and forward for this list, like Luka Doncic. And like I think Ben Simmons, even. Are guys who could be interchangeable between uh, a guard position, All NBA, and um, a forward position.
0: You think Ben Simmons makes All NBA? I think he's a lock for All Defense, for All NBA? You think so?
1: No, no, no. I mean, I no, definitely not Ben Simmons, but I think maybe even Paul George. I feel like he plays shooting guard sometimes, or maybe I'm thinking about Jimmy Butler because I think both those guys, at different points, have played the forward position and the guard position. Maybe even Jason Tatum.
0: No, you're right though. Yeah, Paul George PG he plays two guard for Clippers a lot cause, especially now or yeah because they got Batum and Morris. You know Kawhi's always playing small forward. Right. You know what I mean, so yeah, Kyrie's like, got to make it. Their they're whole system
1: be- is their whole system for how they choose which players get to do that is kind of weird. Like I feel like at that point you might as well put Nick, you know Jokic at the at the at the one because he'd be playing that. That's so true. Have the size He's basically for a
0: point center, right? If we're gonna put it out there like that, but then it's 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 like the, the NBA is weird just because they're only they're half stepping it now because they apparently they have Embiid and Jokic listed as both power forwards slash centers. I don't think Embiid has played power forward since like he was in Cameroon, like overseas, right? Like before he even came <laughs> yeah, to this country, yeah. Like that ass. Like <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm just out of like. Out of the principle of the matter, like, I think if you wanted to follow their designations, you could put Jokic and Embiid both first team. Because I've said previously, if Embiid didn't get hurt, I would have said he was the MVP. You know what I mean? Like, I would have picked him over Jokic if they both played every game. Because Embiid is nice like that. But Jokic obviously is on another level, especially with Jamal Murray out and what they, what Denver's been able to do. Incorporating Aaron Gordon as well into all that. And mm-hmm. he's got Matt,
1: Ma- Maga Porter
0: Jr. like lighting it up too. Mm-hmm. Yo, Jokic is crazy. This man's a magician.
1: That's got to be the only reason they did it, just so they could put both those guys at all first team NBA. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't make any sense. That's the only way they could get both those names at the top.
0: Yeah, but like, um, my whole thing is like the principle of the matter, I'm going to put Embiid at all NBA second team, though. You know what I mean? I think that mm-hmm. there's no way he's a power forward. I don't care if this if this is not an actual team that's gonna hit the court. I just like thinking about it. It's gonna be weird looking back historically. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's not gonna make any sense. Like how is one of these guys a power forward? Maybe Jokic because I think he played that when they had both uh, Nurkic. Remember Nurkic and him were teammates on Denver. What a wild I time! Even,
1: I honestly don't remember that Nurkic was Nurkic was in Denver. Nurkic's been in the literally... Blazers
0: for forever. No, Nurkic was literally the prized possession there. He was the first-round pick, and then Jokic was second-round pick. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think Nurkic got drafted 2014, and Jokic got drafted 2014 as well, but he didn't come over until 2015, right? Yeah. And then it became clearer and clearer, like, Nurkic was nice, but Jokic was different. So that's why they literally traded Nurkic to Portland for a Plumlee brother, I think. I don't know which I'm, Plumlee. I think Mason. Mason? Yeah, there you go. The I think he's the best one. I don't know. Regardless, I don't know why we went down that history. It was just very funny to think about that like they were teammates. But <laughs> do you think Chris Paul is the first team this season for what he yeah. did with the Suns? Yeah. You for think sure. so? Yeah.
1: above He Kyrie. turned them to Yeah, he took him to a second seed team with a team that didn't make the playoffs last season.
0: What about Steph though? Ooh. Is your is your first team guard Steph and C P three?
1: Off the top of my head, probably. Um hold on, let me let me see. Let me see the, the list. Yeah, I mean if you put yeah, I probably put Steph and C P three. And Kyrie, you know, probably second. Alright. All right. Second would yeah, like can go
0: down. We could go down this all and be a rabbit hole for a minute, but like we can't open up hyping this up as an as our first Knicks mm-hmm. See, this is how <laughs> fucking out of practice and out of source we are. We don't know how to do this people. We don't know how to handle a Knicks uh playoff team. Like how do we actually make
1: <laughs> a playoff podcast? Can you can, can, can we can we think about that? <laughs> I mean but we could um, break down we could break down, you know, the Knicks versus the Hawks and go through the stats and figure out who won more and like who's doing this, but at the end of the day we're gonna have the same prediction. Well actually no well, if you want to hear about the prediction, you just got to keep the episode going because we're gonna put out exactly <laughs> Let's what them we think to keep soon. It going, um, you know
0: what I mean? <laughs> um, actually, we I think we started off talking about the the Knicks players with the awards. Last one we got to hit on Tibbs. Yeah, we are obviously biased, but he's obviously coach of the year, right? Like, mm-hmm. but then you saw the NBA Coaches Association actually voted Monty Williams, and much respect to Monty for what he's done, especially with like what he's actually went through in his personal life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know the story, right? Mm-hmm. But then that's tragic people expected phoenix to be nice not to this extent maybe but people expected him to be much improved and with their other additions you mean they added like a dude like jay crowder which you know any anytime any team gets jay crowder they're like oh you know the, they're gearing up for a playoff run he's even though he's kind of a scrub but you, you know you know what i mean um yeah. but then with us obviously our story has been told many of the times we had no expectations and Tibbs like blew the roof off those low expectations you know what i mean so i think it's obvious to me that the coaches like, fucked up on
1: that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if, if the Knicks weren't a top-five seed and they were, like, eighth seed or something, but the Knicks were literally fourth seed in the NBA. Completely exactly. turned around. All up to Monty Williams. I think, you know, even though it's not technically part of 2020-2021 season, the bubble plays, the bubble games where they went 8-0, and oh, that, was, that was Monty Williams really taking that step with the team, so it technically doesn't count, but if that were part of, if that eight and O bubble game somehow warped into the season, you know, I would say he he is deserving of the award. But uh, I don't know a lot of it is a Chris Paul effect. I think I feel like Chris Paul has been responsible for a lot of a lot of coaches winning head coach of the year. I'm sure Mike D'Antoni won it with with CP3, and maybe Doc Rivers won it with CP3 at some point. I
0: think Chris Paul just got Billy Donovan that Chicago Bulls job like this past season. He was OKC's coach <laughs> when they won like 48 games out of the blue with CP. Yeah. Um, nah, you're right. Cause like you, you can't keep calling CP3 obviously the point guard Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame player, but you can't keep calling him a coach on the floor and then like say Monty Williams is the coach of the year when you've got an equally impressive candidate like Tibbs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I think Tibbs, I think he should win and I think he will just because. Um, Mm. It's not the coaches voting for the official award; it's the, the media, and we've right. been seeing how much love he's getting from the media. Surprisingly, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, Tips is definitely gonna win that. Two out of three ain't bad, bro. Most improved, and you know, head coach of the year, coach of the year. I don't think D Rose is going with six men of the year, but that's that's nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two out of three awards.
1: Um, and uh, and Randall wasn't the top ten for MVP voting. Was he really? Like that was official? I think so.
0: I. Thought i saw it somewhere i mean i just thought they had three uh candidates and it was dope seeing steph on there you know what i mean like i feel like it's it's like the media learning a lesson after f- like 15 years ago did he even like consider kobe for mvp when he was like in that kind of similar situation taking like a a shitty or kind of mediocre team to seventh six-ish mm-hmm. range you know what I mean with like elite scoring that's what steph did this year so that's fire
1: I know I saw it somewhere where Randall's like ninth. But that could have just been like rankings for something else. Um or maybe they just didn't even released that and I'm just bugging. It'd be Anyway. Like anyway. <laughs> um what else what else we got before we throw out these predictions?
0: I mean I just kinda wanna get to this is gonna steer right into the playoff matchup with Atlanta. Because there's some things we, sh- we should talk about the series and especially this game. But, you know, Nate McMillan, what is wrong with you, man? Like, do you see he got fined 25K? And I get it. He was doing it for motivational purposes for his squad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, be real. Be real, Nate. Like, that just, I feel like it was a reach. He's like, oh, the league wants wants the Knicks, you know what I mean, to win. You know what I mean? The league's been wanting us in the playoffs. If that was true, why did it take eight years? You know what I mean? Like, I kind of get what he means, like, in the grand scheme. Like, of course the NBA would love a large market, the biggest market, to, you know, advance in the playoffs, have that playoff shine. But it's not like some kind of agenda, you know what I mean? It's not like, you know what I mean, like that it's a prevalent or prominent kind of thing that the NBA wants us to be that good. If that mm-hmm. were literally the case, I feel like the whole Phil Jackson thing would not have happened, you know what I mean? I feel like... Adam Silver probably would have stepped in much more sooner with Dolan to, like, you know, steer him in the direction of smart basketball people. You know, I'm kind of glad he didn't because it seems like we've got the right people right now. And I just like being able to say that World Wide West is, uh, is in our front office. That's such a flex, bro. Hmm. <laughs> Anytime I play that play that Jay-Z song, it's like, oh, that's the Knicks uh, VP of basketball that's operations, you know? <laughs>
1: hey, he's part of our squad. That's our boy. Yep. Old, old Wes. <clears throat>
0: but, yeah, I mean... As far as the series is concerned, I kind of want to get into it, bro. But Let's because do it. I hope Elf- this is a cliche, and I said in the last episode, I wouldn't bring him up again. But y'all yeah, really hope Alfred's minutes continue to dwindle to the point where, ideally, I don't want to see him get playing time anyway. But I also see the human aspect of it, and also just like the rotational aspect of it. Even if he is coming in and playing like dog shit, and he's taking fifteen minutes a game, it's it's kind of it's part of the success story so far. You know what I mean? The fact that he's been part of the rotation. So to kind of like change it up like that in a high-stakes situation like the playoffs, right out the blue, I, I could see why a coach would be hesitant, but we have seen elite coaches make sudden changes like that before. Like, remember Rick Carlisle, out the blue, he put J.J. Beret in the starting lineup in the finals in mm-hmm. 2011 and that mm-hmm. killed him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just out the blue like that. So I think, you know, Tibbs is, has that loyalty to Peyton, obviously, and I feel like there's maybe a locker room element to it. But then, I don't know, bro. Payton's just seemed like a pouty little bitch lately, bro. <laughs> on top of being <laughs> yeah. terrible at his job. So, I mean, I don't know. What's your take? What's your whole take on that situation? And ideally, what do you... Okay, let me ask a two-part question. Sure. What do you want to happen with Payton in the playoffs? Or what do you most likely think is going to happen uh, in terms of him in the rotation and his role in the playoffs in the matchup against Atlanta?
1: I mean... If he continues his play where he is visibly being pouty and visibly not putting in the effort on the ball, and there are plenty of videos coming out now of the last couple of games where Peyton's been doing that, I think I think Tibbs won't hesitate to take him out. But I think that, gate, that first game, I think Peyton's going to get it to get that one last chance or <laughs> maybe you know one chance to put in his maximum effort and do what he needs to do. The thing is that I don't see what Peyton does that Frank can't do. You know, and Frank will do at a much higher level. Payne essentially is there to play quote unquote aggressive defense and not worry about getting the six fouls. And that's something that Frank could do at a much higher level and be able to hit the open jumper and be able to pass at a more efficient rate. Payne, if he does anything better than Frank, is probably be able to, you know, drive into the paint. But that's about it. Um, yeah,
0: he'll, he'll aggressively throw up bricks. Frank will be mm-hmm. more timid with his bricks. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Right. That's the difference right there. <laughs> Yeah, and his percentage. I don't know what Frank's percentage was for from the three of the season, but it's much better than it was, you know, like two seasons ago. Um, nice. he, can hit, he can hit the open jumper. He can find the open man. He can play very, you know, great defense against Trey Young, who's going to be the most important player for the Hawks. And Alfred Payne probably won't be able to keep up, and he's going to probably continue to commit fouls. Like, Trey Young's whole game is just to pick up fouls and shoot the three. And Payton, I feel like, in the first quarter, first game is, might get exposed, and if he does get exposed by Trey, we're fucked. At least for the first, you know, first half of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was hoping, because obviously, you know, first of all, the NBA is crazy, because they gave a maniac like Tibbs a fucking week to prepare for this series, hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this man probably locked himself in the coaching version of the, the hyperbolic time chamber from DBZ, where like, a day is like a year. He'll come mm-hmm. out, he's gonna be like, I know the answer to basketball. He'll still start painting, though, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it just like I thought he would realize you know, I thought we would you know, he would realize like, okay, we'll make some changes like I didn't expect him to come out and say, Oh, Peyton's out. I thought he would say some ambiguous shit like, Oh, we've decided on some changes in rotation but uh, we won't announce it obviously. I don't know, some some real elusive shit like that. But I think he came out and legit said like, oh, there won't be a change. Payton will still be there, he's part of our team, XYZ, yada yada yada. That was disappointing to me. But I'm hoping it's kinda like a Keith Bogan situation again. Uh, Which is basically what it's been for like the last month and a half. He'll play like 10-15 minutes and we won't see him again for the rest of the game. Um, It's just like with the Keith Bogans comparison though, Keith Bogans started every playoff game (laughs) during his Bulls tenure. That's not a good look for this Peyton comparison because I'm not (laughs) trying to see Peyton start every playoff game we play this year, bro. Um, What do you feel about Burks going into the starting lineup though and not really having a traditional point guard?
1: It's tough to say because I think, you know, one of the points that I made in the last episode was the reason why the Knicks are so good in the regular season was because they always put in 110% effort in every game, every matchup, every play of the game for 72 games, and no other team was really doing that. Uh, but come playoff time, everybody's going to be doing that. So, you know, mistakes have to be kept to a minimum. And um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a matchup where it's high level defense versus, I guess, if you want to call the Hawks' high-level offense. Um, the Hawks are going to bring in, you know, a lot of pressure defense. And they they have guys like Capella who are pretty good defensively, and they have a lot of Even great guys that are season, excellent offensively. So um, I would want to make sure that the Knicks are true to their identity as being a top-notch defense but be excellent offensively at the right times. And I think I'm a little hesitant to put – Burks at the one because I'm not sure if the ball movement is going to be there but if you're saying in lieu of Alfred Payton yeah I mean Alfred Payton doesn't really move the ball but I I think at this moment I'd prefer Frank from any other guy to at least start the game and kind of do what Alfred's been doing and get Burks off the bench and be the guy who shoots lights out along with IQ and D-Rose and whoever else Yeah,
0: my thing is though it's just like the thing with Frank going to the starting lineup hypothetically what I worry about it's just it'll just make it too easy for Trey Young, you know what I mean? Like it'll be hard for him on defense because obviously Frank will match up with him, and I don't mm-hmm. know what the exact statistics are, but I did kind of, if I recall off memory, there were some possessions Trey would like, like cook Frank, not cook him, but like he would get him, you know what I mean? But there were mm-hmm. also some good possessions, and I I think physically Trey Young is like a bad like matchup for Frank's usual defensive prowess. He's a long arm kind of guy that can like mirror guys. Uh, like movements, you know what I mean, and like how they how they dribble and shit. But like the small guys, the water bug little point guards, like Frank usually doesn't like thrive against those guys defensively. Fair. But my point is offensively, you wanna make Trey Young work on off like work on defense. Somebody that can abuse him. And when you put Burks in there, you got him who's like six six, you got RJ six seven, Bullock six seven, you know what I mean? These are all mm. big wing slash guard players that like in if Atlanta wants to switch everything one of those guys is gonna end up having a mismatch. It's either gonna be R.J. or Burks that's gonna be able to cook Trey Young. You know what I mean? Mm. And if it comes down to like them sending help defense Trey Young's way, we know R.J. is a willing passer. We know Burks can be a willing passer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we know like Randall obviously is. You know we're gonna to get to him, but I think it's just gonna it would work out. And I know it's kind of a radical kind of thing to suggest, just because when you think Tibs' whole history, he's always traditionally had a traditional one through five lineup you know what I mean like yeah he, he'll have a regular point guard he won't have like you know like some Mike D'Antoni shit going on where it's like five midgets you know what I mean like <laughs> mm-hmm. he's always going for like that traditional kind of thing so I don't think it'll happen that's why I think yo we might just maybe IQ starts you know I feel like I haven't seen that a lot like that suggestion I don't think he tips would do that like in a playoff atmosphere start the rookie but anybody but Peyton bro that's been the motto all season even despite us getting the number four seed, but yeah, that's one thing I'm looking for. Obviously, just like wh- how we handle that, and you know, it's been discussed a lot.
1: It's not a, it's not a bad uh, outlook. I, I actually very much see that happening. The the Hawks. I was about to say the Knicks. The Hawks actually have a lot of weapons that I feel like we're not thinking about too much. Like Bogdan Bogdanovich is a weapon. Uh, Lou bro. Will is on this team, bro, and he's at Atlanta, so you already know he's powered up. We they got. <laughs> I mean, come playoff time, he has that playoff. He has that playoff experience. That's I don't exactly know if Gal.
0: Eh. That's what I'm saying. but eh. <laughs> Lou Wills is garbage during the playoffs, bro. Like you look at his numbers, it's just like he, are he they? From, yo, he's so bad in the playoffs, bro. I didn't even. And I test wise too. Like I remember, I'm just like, yeah, this this regular season shit never works for Lou. Will. I mean, I think he, <laughs> he's never, he's never and he's old now. Not to that's say he's not a threat, I get what you mean. You know what I mean? Like he'll if if he's out there as a spot up threat, that's somebody you gotta like, you know, stretch your defense out for. But he's just not gonna I don't he's not gonna be you know, it's the old cliche, like, oh the playoffs is a whole different game, there's a different officiating style. I think that's mm-hmm. true. Especially for dudes like Lou Will and Trey Young that are foul hunters. And IQ, to be fair objectively, those small guards that rely on hunting for fouls and trickery and that really works like it it the whistle usually changes up on him. It's like the hard situation too. Why he he's, he has his playoff moments. You know what I mean he don't get the same kind of whistle who draw fouls but not to the same rate. I think like that's going to be an issue with Trey Young, Lou Will and IQ, you know what I mean?
1: You uh you got to look <laughs> on your face. You got to look, look on your at your face. Yeah, yeah. Listen listen to this. I just looked it up cuz I wanted to confirm cuz I I didn't re- I didn't know he was that bad. Lou Will has been in 71 playoff games and is averaging 12 2 and 3 thirty nine percent from the field and twenty five percent from the three. Good god, holy shit! I good, say bro. correct it,
0: <laughs> bro. That's why like I always seem like a hater because like even just like when people would talk about Lou Will like in conversation about basketball, people would just always like talk about like I'm gonna say love Lou Will. I would be the guy saying like I don't I don't really fuck with him. I don't really I don't see it because come playoff time, none of that bullshit works. Mm-hmm. He's not a, he's not a playoff player. It's like what Draymond Green used to say. He's like oh he's not a sixteen game player. Aka he's not built for the postseason. Right. So, I mean, Luo's cool. I like the wing story, but I don't, I don't want him on my playoff team. But you do have a point, though, overall, speaking just about Atlanta's offense, bro. I'm looking at it right now. They, they eighth in offensive efficiency. And they cooking from outside, but we also are, like, an elite three-point defending team. Yeah. So, it's really just going to be, like, that old cliche of, like, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. You know what I mean? We'll yep. see what happens. But I tend to lean defense. There's a reason that people say, you know, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. I think I think our defense can do it do its thing because like every year we kept hearing people say oh the next three point defense is lucky it's fluky it turned out not being the case our defense is good against the mm-hmm. three for a fucking reason and I kind of was on uh, like we had leisure and on way back um at a Nickish at night um episode and I brought that up to him and he made some good points but it was also my whole thing was like I was in the middle It was, like I see it but I also concede that like our defense is letting certain players shoot from three, have those have those open looks, and they're not wide open. We're almost always, like, the human aspect of it, we're always racing towards three-point shooters, you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if they are, quote-unquote, open for a bit, you know what I mean? And as to somebody that plays ball, like anybody that plays ball, it's psychological. You see somebody running towards you when you're in the middle of a jump shot, you'll always notice it out of the corner of your eye. It's going to affect yeah. you one way or another. And I feel like that's how our defenses work, and I think it's going to carry you over to the playoffs, you know what I mean? That's my whole rant on that, though, but you're right, though, shit is And weapons, it,
1: bro. and it helps that the Knicks went sixteen and four in their last twenty games, and they picked it up offensively to a crazy extent. I don't yeah. I don't have the stats on me, but their numbers, at least three point wise, has gone up a lot. And my concern coming into this, you know, a month or two ago, was whether or not the Knicks were able to keep up offensively because it looked like they couldn't. They just kept scoring up to a hundred points and just making sure that their t- their opponents had less than them. Um, but just marginally, but they i am sure their net rating has gone a lot higher, um, at least in the last twenty games, because because of the disparity in the scores. And all these guys are finally learning how to shoot. And I think there were what five guys on, on this Knicks team that scored forty percent or higher this season. You I think, think Frank. I think he was actually at like forty-five percent from three, bro. I think Frank. they excluded Frank on that list at least. I think they had to have like a minimum number of shots. But I think Bullock, R.J., D. Rose, Randall, and one more guy. I don't know. You said
0: IQ? Do you say IQ? I think
1: I don't think IQ hit forty. I think he was like thirty something. Burks. I think things like 30 percent, thirty, thirty nine. Um might be Burks.
0: Joe Frank shooting forty seven percent three. Good bro. lord. Good lord. <laughs> Our son. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yo, we get you that's there's been so much to talk shit about this season. You know, to kinda of take a step back from the playoff commentary. We haven't even nearly talked enough shit about Frank. And we've been on the Frank like island for a minute too. You know what I mean? So shout out to Frank. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's become that three and D piece we've been hoping he would become and embrace. But back to the Hawks. Aside from Trey Young, like of all the other players that you kind of listed, who are you worried about like the most? Bogdanovich.
1: Mm, offensively, probably Bogdanovich. But um, I think overall, let me let me see their roster again. Bogdanovich, at least offensively, def- uh, definitely. Um, he was injured for a little while, I think, and then he came back. Uh and has been playing pretty well. DeAndre Hunter is back. Um, I don't know if Cam Reddish is back. Do you know?
0: I don't think so. I don't even think he's been that big of a part. Like, and didn't, didn't this
1: legend, didn't this legendary guard, Tony Snell, just do 50-50 a 100 this season? Did you, did you see that meme?
0: Did he, though? I
1: like, think he averaged 50-50 be- a 100. I, I think it's legit. Chell off, talking? like, you know, <clears throat> not that many shots. But I think um, I think is important. Bogdan, Bogdanovich is going to be important. I think Capella's is going to be important. Um, Collins, I don't know.
0: I think Capella is going to be the biggest determining factor, bro. Because if we mm-hmm. had Mitch, I'm going to talk some shit right here. If we had Mitch, I would think we'd sweep these motherfuckers. Because we'd have the – like, that's the one thing I feel like that's really – really kind of looking like a glaring weakness is like being able to body up Capella. You know I mean, not that Mitch would shut him down, but having that bigger body. And Mitch is a much better rebounder than Noel. And there's no shots at Noel for what he's done defensively. But he's also like 50 pounds like, lighter than Mitch. Not ne- not nearly as good as a rebounder. You know what I mean? And just doesn't have the girth, you know what I mean? And the height to match up with a dude like Capella who's been killing it this season. So I think that's going to be a big thing. Just If we could keep him off the offensive boards and... um. You know what I mean? Like make sure he's not that much of a, uh, an a, uh, like a kind of a like he's not doing damage to us on offense. I think we should, we should be all right. You know what I mean? Because that Trey Young Capella lob situation. It hurts, bro. Like it's, it, every time it happens, I'm like every time it happened against us this season, I was like, God damn it, man. Yeah. God damn it.
1: And Taj isn't as strong to keep up with Capella either, even though he has more girth than than Noel. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Taj we can rely on Taj for that, but yeah,
0: Brooklyn old man strength, but I can only take it so far, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? Um, Um, shit, bro. Like, and then John Collins is a joke. Like, I think he's a punchline. I think you look at Julius' numbers against Atlanta. (laughs) That mm -hmm. tells you what I think of fucking John Collins. He's food out there. Um, but. The Hunter is a wild card because, like I said in a previous episode, he fills in kind of the blanks with Trey. And I think... I don't think it'll be a good series for RJ just because I think he's going to be matched up with Hunter a lot. And Hunter's a good defender. You know what I mean? Um, It's going to be... I think RJ's going to have to depend on trying to get, like, mismatches against Bogdanovich or even Trey Young. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I'm um, seeing their injury report right now for the Hawks. Looks like they, uh, they don't have Cam Reddish for... The rest of the season that's a game changer. That man was yeah. obviously key, crucial. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> right best Achilles new Achilles on the 2019 draft.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he's out and then um, that's it. They're just out of camera. Right? So most so pretty much they're at full they're at max capacity right now. They're at max level right now without Cam. Um, yeah. So both teams for the most part are are healthy. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think as we start to Wrap up this. All right, all right, what what things are you looking out for for the Knicks? Let's at least get to that before we throw out our predictions. Um, what do you what do you want to of see of them do? <clears throat> apart from the usual, I mean, the usual is we. Everybody at this point knows the usual. Randall, you know, is the guy we want to see. RJ Barrett being the second guy. We want to see the bench come out. We want to see strong defense, and we don't want to see Alford. So what else? What else are you hoping to see? Any, or unless that's basically what we're looking for.
0: I want to be kind of unorthodox right now, but what I'm going to be looking for is just seeing how the team in general reacts to having a packed house playing in front of a packed arena for the first time all season. Because I feel like in a previous long time, a long time back, we talked about it, playing in empty arenas or near empty arenas, and even just like the bubble situation, I, people could say whatever the fuck they want psychologically is different, you know what I mean? And I know it's going to be home court for us, we got the home court advantage, but even that... You know I mean? Like the players, like the young players talk about it, like, oh, They they die and play in the garden, you know, get hyped up and stuff. But there's also playoffs playing in front of the garden. Uh, it's also young players playing in the playoffs in the garden in a packed house. And I feel like naturally there's that human element of, of it affecting their performance. I'm not worried about RJ, but like if IQ, OB, and Frank C playing time, I think that'll affect those guys. You know what I mean? I feel like, especially IQ and OB because they're the rookies. So I'm gonna be watching out for that, how that affects our team is, in terms of that. But also, like, I I mean, I'm not, I don't think there's anybody in Atlanta. I think that would really kind of affect like that. Maybe I don't know. Trey Young this is his first time in the playoffs, right? Let's see what happens because these young, these like I said, like the to Lou Will point. These guys that kind of rely on that foul baiting kind of game, they tend to suffer. Not to Lou Will's extent, but like you know. But it's also just like these small guards tend to not really ball out like that in the in the playoffs unless they're transcendent like Steph or Dame, you know what I mean, or even CP three. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know if Trey. Tra- that's that's the thing we got to see if Trae Young is that kind of guy, right? So I mean I that's think a whole ramble, but that's you know. It's like a that's, it's that's an interesting point
1: to make. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't think I fully agree that. It might I, not that you said it. You, you made the point out. If anyone thinks that it would negatively affect them, I don't. I don't think I'd agree with them. I think a lot of our guys, a lot of the guys on the team, came from big, big school towns, Kentucky, That's Duke, true. and all that, yeah. and they're used to that kind of vibe and that kind of arena. I, I, if anything, I feel like it's gonna hype them up even more. Maybe Obi, because you know who who really I watched think Dayton. Dayton Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody was there. But IQ, I think, might thrive. He actually made a point. Earlier in the season, that he loves having fans, that he wants it to be packed house, because it reminds right, him right. of playing at Kentucky. Um, Randall, we see him play even better when he's playing in front of home crowds, like literal home crowds, like Dallas and like going back to LA and playing in New Orleans. That's when he balls out and plays his absolute best. And for Trey Young, I think that's been his whole life, being the guy, the yeah. small small guard guy that nobody on opposing teams likes and will always root against him in loud fashion. So. When everyone's booing the shit out of Trey Young, I think that might, you know, get him to play even harder because that's, I think that's something that some players use as a motivation tool. I think Trey Young is one of those guys that no one really thought would be an NBA player, uh, like the way they thought for Steph, and that, that could yeah, yeah, get him yeah. to excel.
0: Fair points. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it is with the young players, especially. I feel like we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how it is. Um, and I mean the thing about Julius, though, I'm not worried about like the crowd affecting him. And obviously it's a home crowd; it's going to be good for our players generally. But with Julius, though, remember after the All Star break, after some time off, he played like garbage to start. Like he kind of started sluggish mm. in that second half of the season. And we just had a week off. And I know Julius probably been resting. You know, what I mean, doing what he what he needs to to prep both mentally and physically for the series, but. That's something I'm going to be also watching, I guess, like, keying in on. Just seeing how he looks early on, whether he has a... I mean, we could still win when he has, if he has, that like, kind of the game he had with the, versus the Clippers, like, two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Where, like, offensively he wasn't there, but he was out there rebounding the shit out of the ball, busting his ass on defense, uh, making plays. If he has that kind of game, I think we could win game one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I'm going to just be watching to see how he looks both offensively because we're not going to be able to win that series... On if he doesn't perform to all NBA levels that he has throughout the season. You know what I mean? Right. And I won't be wanting to say that RJ DeAndre 100 matchup, because like I said, I think it might be tough for RJ. And I you know, I love our grown Canadian son. You know what I mean? I'm a big believer huh. in him. But he's if, if he plays like the second best player on the team, then we win in the series. And I'm about to make my prediction, but let me throw it back to you. Any Let's... closing thoughts on the matchup? Any things that, uh? I guess, generally not just in the series, but I guess maybe like... Closing in on this one game that you were specifically looking for?
1: Um, I, I want to see RJ. I want to see how he's going to take on the crowd and the energy and the pressure. And I want to see if he's going to try to put some of that on himself. Because I think at the end of the day, at some point or another, we're kind of expecting him to become the guy. And yeah. I want to yeah. see him be ready to take on that role in addition, be not just a 1-2, and two, but you know, develop himself to be the 1-B to Julius Randle's 1-A because he's good enough. I think all Knicks fans believe that he is good enough to be that guy, to be the 1-B and later on maybe the 1-A to, to Julius Randle. So um, real quick, before you do your your prediction, which we will get to, any bold predictions, Just just crazy wild things that maybe just might happen. In in this series, Hawks versus Knicks, uh, series one, first playoff series for the Knicks in eight years. What is a bold prediction that you have that is absolutely unorthodox?
0: I mean, that's, I don't know if I have any of those. All right,
1: maybe but, not, maybe not too crazy, hmm. but like you know.
0: Hmm. <laughs> After the kind of year we just had, if, if like, if Alfred Payton wins us a playoff game. <laughs> that would blow my fucking mind you know what i mean so that'll be my i don't want to say prediction but that will be the one thing that like will be completely out of left field for me if he has just like a game where he goes in there he's just like gary payton on defense against fucking trey young and then on the other end he's russell westbrook bro <laughs> all slander i've had for him is just i'm gonna take it all back but that i guess that'll be my out of left field unorthodox prediction that's, that's not very likely
1: That's a bold prediction? No, no, let's hear a bold prediction. Something that that you actually want to happen, that might happen, that could happen.
0: I think that's bold. Alfred Payne playing a good game, It's hella bold.
1: Okay. (laughs) You you think that could happen?
0: Not at all, but that's why it's a bold prediction. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um,
1: My bold prediction will be that... IQ is going to be the third most important player in the series after Randall and RJ.
0: Over d Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. It's kind of bold. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bold. I see it. All right. I take it.
1: <laughs> 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 So when it comes um, down to a seven-game series between the Hawks and the Knicks, Nafi, what is your prediction?
0: The Knicks playoff game, the first-round prediction, bro. This is this momentous occasion in our podcast. For let's take it in. Let's
1: breathe. <laughs> waited for this moment for three fucking years as podcasters and eight years as people. <laughs> as actual day, living guys, living and breathing Nick's for so many years. This is this is legit. This is happening. This Sunday.
0: Woke up with the the set of playoffs in the air, bro. I just woke up breathing it in. I'm like, yo, after it was work day, I was just like, yo, it's the weekend. First playoff weekend. And With all that being said, should I be a homer? Or should I be objective?
1: How about this? Let's 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 write it down somewhere so it doesn't look like I'm just copying your shit. Um, nah, I'm,
0: I'm gonna go straight up. I'm go right into it. Nixon five. Fuck
1: it. Ooh, I was gonna say Nixon six.
0: That's the rational part of me saying. Actually, <laughs> rational me is saying it'll be like close, and they'll take it to seven. It'll be that kind of series, like where home court will be crucial. Well, fuck that. It's been eight years. You know what I mean? Like, I was in goddamn college the last time we was in playoffs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. now I'm a man with too many bills and too much stress. And I'm just picking fucking Knicks in five. <laughs>
1: that, no doubt. Knicks are, Knicks are going to go to the second round. That's that's, that's what's going to happen in a couple of weeks.
0: Would we, we? We'd get Philly, right? I don't know. All right, let's not look ahead. Let's, let's be like tips. One, one game at a time, one day at a time. You know what I mean?
1: Four and five, and then one and eight matchup. Then... Yeah,
0: I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I think it's fully Pretty sure. I'm like, all I remember is that we ducked the the Brooklyn matchup in the second round, with with us getting the four seed.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Winner of one and eight faces four and five, and then three and six faces two and seven. I think.
0: I'm not gonna say what I just what yeah. just came to my mind. Okay. All I'm gonna be is like I'm on my tip shit right. Right now, one game at a time, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. your prediction six. Yeah, and six? Six and six. All
1: right, all right. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be a close matchup. I don't think it's gonna be a cakewalk at all.
0: Yeah, me either. But I'm 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 being bold today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woke up and put my big boy pants on, bro. Nixon <laughs> five.
1: All right, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this special edition of Nickish. This is a pre-playoff game, first game in. Many, many years. This is our 99th episode. Episode 110 will come right after the Knicks play their first playoff game. Um, hope everyone is, is just as excited as we are. Let's hope for a Knicks W. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, you want to li- find out more about us, listen, not listen, but. Follow us, definitely, definitely follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick show.
0: Definitely listen. We're podcast. Yeah. yeah, Listen,
1: listen, review, rate, all that. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter at Nick show. And, uh, make sure you follow us on all, on all podcasting platforms. Clearly. I'm so excited. I'm fumbling on all my words right now on what was I saying? SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify and, and more, whatever else they show, or you could hear podcasts. Clearly. I'm not doing a good job. You want to take it out?
0: I mean, shit, isn't it kind of crazy, like, to be to give the listeners a peep behind the curtain. There are certain days where, like, shit has come up where we had to push our podcast back and our recording schedule was off. And it came down to a point where our 99th episode is literally the first episode before our first playoff game in eight years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's some destiny type shit, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if how, how to the extent one would believe that, but it's just kind of weird how that worked out. You know what I mean? Think about all those times where just like yo, know, we had to take a sabbatical or a hiatus for a certain reason, things that come up, or we had to postpone, and now we're here, 100 mm-hmm. episode. We here after, you know what I mean? Yo, we here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very apt, apt reference. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, check us out, rate, subscribe, review, whatever the hell. Give us a listen if you like us. Give us a listen if you don't. You know what I mean? But either way, Nick's in five. That's
1: right. Until next guy. Until next guy. Until next time, guys. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Peace. Peace.